Welcome to the Thriving Farmer Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Kilpatrick. Our mission is to inspire, educate, and celebrate sustainable farming. We believe that you can build a profitable, sustainable farm that gives you true farm freedom. Join us as we talk to farmers, innovators, educators, and entrepreneurs to glean their top takeaways in business and life. This episode is sponsored by Rimmel Greenhouse Systems, makers of quality greenhouse structures. Whether you're just getting started or buying your 10th tunnel, Rimmel has a structure to fit your needs. I've purchased and grown in Rimmel houses and would recommend them to everyone. Hey, Thriving Farmers, Michael Kilpatrick here with yet another episode of the Thriving Farmer podcast. And today's podcast is a little bit different. I am joined today by my wife, Savannah, who is the mother to our three kids, the um, brains behind the operation, and uh, keeps us all uh, fed and uh, taken care of here on the farm. So we are doing a special podcast uh, about strawberries. So welcome to the podcast, Savannah. Thank you for having me. I've been been eagerly waiting for this moment. All right. Well, we were also going to have Courtney, who uh, has been with us from the start. But unfortunately, every time we sat down to do it with her, something came up. And so we couldn't do it. But I think she was just as pleased not to be a part of it. So um, she only said with... um, with I think uh, re- resistance that she would come on here. So, but um, we we obviously this year we did a U pick strawberries and that's unlike last year. Last year we did 1,200 plants. We picked them all ourselves. Well, in our in our team, it was a bit crazy. We sold all of them for a premium price and uh, people raved about them. But we knew that people were asking for U pick. There's a lot of people asking for that, and um, they were so popular. We knew it would be it would work. So we planted seven times the amount. We moved up to almost 8,000 plants and uh, we just really wrapped up the season. Yeah. Now, I I think one of the big things with the uh, aspect is we do an annual bed system and that's very different than what most folks do. We do Chandler variety. We do annual beds. That means we plant September. We harvest in the spring and then we till the plants under and we do the whole process over again. It's a little more complicated than that. We have a whole course actually on the annual bed system, but that's pretty much the uh, the process. The beautiful aspect of it is that you, for organic growers, which we are, you don't have the disease problems that you're gonna have in a matted row that you keep around for multiple years. You're also, secondly, gonna be earlier. So we start picking, gosh, we were picking three weeks before the June bearers around here, people that do June bearing. Yeah, I mean, we had ripe berries, not a ton, but we had ripe berries around Mother's Day, which was the 7th or 8th of May. Yeah, I think like that Saturday we picked yeah. our first ripe berries. Yeah. And then um, we, again, we're pick, there's still a few berries out there. Yeah, yeah. There's and it's and the... There's, some, there's a random blossom too. Yeah, it's the 10th. So technically we're picking for a month, but it's really three weeks of solid picking. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we, I think we need to pull the graph, but typically like seven to 10 days after what Sunday was it that basically we, we opened up again to you pick. Cause there's so many berries out there. Oh, it was, was that the, no, this is June. So that would have been the, we started picking like the Saturday, the seventh was the first berry picked. Uh, the Mother's Day weekend was like this right here, right? Mm-hmm. So was it the 14th or the 21st that we literally, I think it was the 14th. 
Yeah, it was the 14th that we literally had so many berries we had to open. On a Sunday. Yes, which we do not. We're closed on Sundays, but we literally, <laughs> Saturday afternoon, I put out a Facebook post and an email, and by Sunday noon, we had filled what? We had, I think, 84 people come. 84 families come to pick yeah. you pick. Yeah, and we let... Um, employees pick that day. Pick some, yeah. And we let some other friends just come out. And they pick. picked for the farm and for themselves. Yeah. In a kind of give and take. So, yeah, we'll talk about that later because I just think that's a cool way we do it, which gives us berries. So that's kind of like the, the season. That's how that works. The other thing that we really like is that it, the annual bed system means the fields are super clean. So a couple things people said repeatedly to us when they came out was, my gosh, your field was so clean. Um, you know, we went to this other place and there was thistles right down the entire center of the field, which made yeah. it really hard to pick. But they'd come out in their long sleeves and their big boots and they're like, is it going to be muddy and a mess? And I'm like, no, your strollers will be fine. And yeah. It was enjoyable for the kids. And yeah. People liked it. Yeah. So the only way we could make this work because we – Obviously, didn't have a, we didn't have acres of berries. We only had 8,000, which is less than a half acre. Um, and we have very limited parking. Yes. And the busiest day of strawberry season, we were redoing the parking lot. Yeah, that was a nightmare. <laughs> so we made it work. But yeah, um, we only had like, I think, 16 parking spots, 18 parking spots. Um, so what we had to do was we had to schedule people for UPIC. And we used an app called Ticket Tailor. And uh, it allowed you to set up reoccurring events, and so we could charge people for tickets. We only charged a dollar for tickets, and then two dollars on the weekends. But we probably could have charged—I'd say we probably could have charged three, four, five dollars easily. Yeah. And people would have paid it. Yeah. Um, they didn't complain about that at all. They completely understood the system. I think the dollar is nice, though. It made it easy for the situations when we had to cancel or you yeah. know, people couldn't come or something. It was easy. Yeah. It wasn't like you know I paid all this money a five dollars. Now, we still did have people ask for the dollar refund yeah. if they didn't make it or something came up, which on one aspect, we're like, um, we reserved that spot for you and you obviously didn't come, but we did give refunds. Again, it wasn't about that. It was about really just making sure we weren't overwhelmed with 9,000 right. cars. Because right. if we hadn't, we probably would have been. Oh, 100%. I mean, Saturdays would have been literally a zoo. a zoo. And they were already a zoo. Yeah. Because you had classes on Saturdays this yeah. in May and we just are open for other people to come and visit. Well, I mean, we do pre-pick berries too. Mm -hmm. And there was a constant stream of people coming for that as right. well. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so it came down to parking. At max, we were scheduling 12 cars every half hour. Mm -hmm. And that was really tight. Yeah. Even with, over, with <laughs> overflow parking, which was just the lawn. Mm -hmm. That became that pretty tight. Um, we offered a couple ways for people to pick them too. We had these little white baskets, which I think were two and a half quart. Um, it held about two and a half to three pounds. We had cardboard flats, mm -hmm. which were non-waxed. And I actually think that was a mistake because when it was wet, they would they fall got apart. They really flimmy. <clears throat> yeah. They were cheap. I mean, I think they were 12 or 13 cents mm -hmm. each yeah. um, compared to the waxed ones, which I think are like almost a buck. Mm -hmm. But in future, I would say bring your own containers or we'll charge you a dollar for it. And we just charge them the rate, what it costs us to bring those in. Wax yeah, because I think it's a much better quality. Yeah. Now, the wax boxes too are a little bit bigger, so it encouraged people to pick more, which did get some people did have sticker shock mm -hmm. because they could fit. You know, I think if you really mounded the, the the cardboard flats, you get like sixteen pounds in there. I told people ten, but you know, it was kind of just like, how much are you going to mound? Something, yeah, you know? yeah. The white baskets we did for a flat fee, and there was abuse on that. 
there were definitely some people which literally had <laughs> berries falling out. <laughs> and at that point, I got so mad one day, I just charged them by the pound. And I, it was an extra $10. Mm. But I clearly said, you know, you've got so many berries in there, I'm just going to charge you by the pound. And the lady seemed to be, it was like, oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Because she was, yeah. But, you know, I think that is the one problem if you do <laughs> a flat rate thing that people can just, you know, they fill it so much. That, I suppose, is the benefit of them bringing their own containers and just putting a tear weight on it. Yeah. And then. Because that's the third option we offer. Yeah. We said, bring your own containers. Um, and actually, Kate, who's one of our employees, because we weren't even sure how to do that. She says, oh, I've done other places. This is exactly how we do it. Yeah. She just had, like, painter's tape and a Sharpie and just weighted it. Yep. Put a number on it. Wait it, put a number on the side. And it worked. It wasn't ideal. His one lady brought pizza boxes. <laughs> what I loved was the like and very romantic pickers who brought their vintage baskets with their beautiful little tea towels in them. You know? and I was like, Oh, you're having yes. a photographic moment with your very basket. It was adorable, but it yes. did make me chuckle. Yes, yes. That was cute. <laughs> yeah. Um this other people brought, you know, containers from other places which was fine um five gallon buckets we definitely had the parade of five gallon buckets (laughs) and there were people that filled those to this to the top yeah yeah absolutely so yeah um so yeah that was the way we offered it now we did get a premium price um and i think it's a higher price than i don't know anyone else that had such a high price but we had premium berries, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, I mean, we do have very good berries, and we work really, really hard on that. I mean, we right. and because the fields are so nice, I mean, there's just there's so many things that I think go in. Yeah, but we charge four fifty a pound. Mm-hmm. Um, we did at the beginning; we were over ten pounds, I think four dollars, and then we dropped that within a few days because we realized that people just didn't care. Yeah. Um, now, right at the end, we did drop the 350 for like the last couple of days because the quality dropped so off so much. We'll talk about why the quality dropped off later. But um, we did charge the premium 450. We talked earlier why people liked the patch. Um, we were the earliest too. I mean, we started picking before even people further south than us did. Mm-hmm. And um, which I think, I mean, it's um, it's awesome. But also, I think that's why it was really busy. It was so crazy on weekends. Yeah. They wanted to really accommodate like kids not being in school on those days because kids were still in school. Yeah, know? that's the problem in an early picking. Absolutely, right. your yeah. families can't come out. Yeah. So, but for hours, we started. You pick at the hot days, eight a.m., mm-hmm. and the last slot was open at six p.m. So right. they could have come after school. It's true. That's true. Yeah, but that's when true. we did see that, we did see the yeah. families come in the evening. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we again obviously we're charging a premium price and actually there's a farm that the day we closed officially UPIC, they announced they were opening UPIC at two forty nine a pound. <laughs> and again, that that again, I didn't care on sure. one aspect because we were already closed, but another aspect it really ticked me off because I know what goes into growing a good co op of berries and I know that they were not covering their costs. And uh, that just puts I believe to me, it makes it puts a whole damper on the producing a you know building a profitable farming business because that there's that pricing is no way near what it takes to actually run a successful farm. Sure. Um, but you know we were the earliest and we really incentivized reviews too. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually gave away one week a twenty five dollar gift certificate to one person who got this review or posted on Facebook and tagged us. Mm-hmm. Before the season two though, we had an entire promotion campaign i mean we would do like 
we do this big event, big post every year of win a free flat of berries if you guess the date. Mm-hmm. We had over 80 people, you know, share and like and comment. Well, 80 people share that. We had hundreds of comments on that. And then we also just ran ads pushing people to sign up for the wait list. Yeah. And we have a web page for our berries that talks about that. So if you just go to farmoncentral.com forward slash strawberries or strawberry. No, I think it's strawberries. I think I think it's strawberries. strawberries. You go there, you'll see the exact way we laid that out. Um, we just put some videos on there too. And then we ran ads mm-hmm. um, that pushed you pick. And you know, some days we were running $100 in ads. Yeah. But, I mean, that direct correlated to a full picking schedule and you know the busy days we were selling what six seven hundred pounds of berries right so you know 450 a pound that immediately pays for that and then obviously those people that are coming for berries are buying our salad mix they're buying milk they're buying transplants they're buying everything else from us and so our sales you know in um may were record and we had people come back multiple times to you pick that's a good point too and and then go oh we didn't realize you had transplants or we didn't know you had this you know yeah so we use the UPIC really to just push on the map as a local farm as well because Mm -hmm. we're a brand new operation we've really only been in business for 18 months yeah so many people were like how long have you been here (laughs) this is only our second year so you know people are like oh we we missed out on something and I'm like no we're really that new yeah brand new um so the ads, the reviews, the earliest, I think that was the reason we were a command. And obviously we pushed that we, yes, we're all not certified organic. We grow according to organic standards. Mm-hmm. And we were very transparent about exactly what we do spray. We actually posted a video of one of our employees spraying, you know, Actinovate, which is how we, we deal with gray mold. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, people love to see that transparency of our farm, just exactly how we're growing things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's moms that were saying, well, I came 45 minutes, you know, people that came an hour mm-hmm. to pick our berries because they were organic. Right. Um, because they value that. Right. Really hard to find. Yeah. Um, let's talk management because I think management was something we definitely learned about. Mm-hmm. One of the early things we did was we numbered all the rows. So every single, we, we'd grow them in um, 100 foot long rows, two, two rows per bed, and every single one had a, uh, basically a sign on it. Mm-hmm. Just a laminated numbered yeah. post sign. Yeah, so if you go to our website or go to our Facebook page, I'm sure you can scroll back and find something that shows that. But yeah, yeah basically laminated, it was one through 25, and mm-hmm. then we had, because we had 200 foot sections, they split in the middle. And they were, you know, 25A and 25. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we kept that. Um, and so then we would just assign people to those. Right. But then halfway through the picking season to try to make it a little more organized, you and our team member, Kate, yeah. came up with a different way of, of like sending people out with a little well, piece of paper. that didn't work. That didn't work. Yes. So we did come up with that. I thought it was really a smart idea. I just it was. think the execution. No, some... what? So what we developed that into mm-hmm. is that the person managing UPIC, and so for this the system to work, you really need one person on UPIC, yeah. especially with twenty four people coming per hour. Right. Um, and so that person, when they tell the person where to go, and they also see what do they want to pick. If they want to pick five gallon buckets worth, they may go to a different section than if they just want to pick a basket or two. Sure. And so they also said, okay, when they came back, said, how much did you pick? And where did you pick? And so they would write that down in a spreadsheet that laid out all the different rows. Mm-hmm. And so if they were picking, you know, row number four and they only picked three white baskets, 
then we would send another group of people with just baskets to, to row. row four. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then throughout the middle of the day, we'd have someone walk the field and make a write down exactly. He said, okay, this is picked out. This still has berries. Mm -hmm. And then typically at the last end of the day, the hour, last hour, we just tell people to go wherever the heck they wanted. Yeah, it's a free-for-all. Yeah, it's a free-for-all. Just go out and get some berries. Yeah. Hey, Thriving Farmers. Each year we are faced with two important investment decisions. We should be investing in systems that increase productivity and in inputs that develop soil. In December of 2020, I was introduced to a seed, soil, and foliar prebiotic treatment. This product is called Ultra. Ultra is an OMRI-listed prebiotic formula manufactured by AgriGrow. I have personally been running several trials testing Ultra on my farm. I'm impressed. Ultra increased our strawberry yield production by 18%. On a 900-square-foot trial, $6 in product cost returned me $868 worth of marketable strawberries. We also had decade-old heirloom corn seed that I have been trying to germinate with no success. In a Hail Mary attempt with my remaining few seeds, I soaked them overnight in a diluted solution of Ultra. They germinated. If you would like to try Ultra or any other agrigo product, I believe this would be a worthwhile investment on your farm. Here's the best news yet. AgriGrow has agreed to offer a 10% discount to all thriving farmer listeners. Simply use the coupon code THRIVE when you check out. Again, that is T-H-R-I-V-E for a 10% off discount on your first order. Head to smallfarm.solutions to order today. Now, I think that the thing too is we're really, really clear on the rules. Mm -hmm. What were the rules? We did make a video about the rules. It was no eating in the field, yep. no running in the field, yes. no animals in the field. Yeah. Um, and... Gosh, was there another rule? Uh, I think it, one of them was like, this is our home, respect it. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's always a problem all, all year long. <laughs> yeah, people jump in our trampoline. Yeah. I only had to break a couple little boys' hearts. But yeah, those were the rules. And I would say everybody was very respectful. We didn't have anybody like trampling through yeah. the rows or... Now, the one thing I would say is that because we planted five-foot centers, the rows are like a little tight. And mm -hmm. so you get trampled berries. Sure. But I think you're just always going to do that because people don't yeah. people don't know how to wash their feet. Yeah, and kids are just kind of like walking around. It's, yeah. you know, it's just... Yeah, I mean, there was a, the, the four-year-old that was eating in the field and some of the moms were like, put a half pound on for yes. the kids. Yeah, they would always be like, they definitely ate some, charge me for more. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think people are really respectful. And I think that really comes back to... We're very transparent on who we are, why we're doing what we're doing, and we really focus on being a community, um, talking about the you know being a benefit to the community. We're not yeah. here to you know just take your money and fleece you. No, for sure. We yeah. give back to the community. You know, we do different things for that, and I don't know. We just try to let people realize what it takes to run a farm. Absolutely, and I think we, we're we're parents who or we're we're people who value this kind of thing. So like we think about what we would want to experience or do. If we, yeah. if we were the if the tables were to be reversed, what we would want, um, and I mean you can't make everybody happy. There were definitely some yeah. So let's talk about that. Uh, let's talk. So I think well yeah we'll talk about that in a second. But I think the management, the numbered rows. Yeah. We also had a team member walk the groups back. Yes. And I think that was really important. Because then you could lay out like, hey, make sure you leave the ones with the white tips. You yes. Know, look for these berries. Like, don't be afraid to just lift the plant up and look inside. You know, because people yeah. have no idea how. To yeah. We had a guy. He left us a glowing review. He came dressed in a suit, fancy <laughs> shoes. He his... had a pocket square, honey. He was <laughs> he was on another level. Now we're friends on Facebook. Okay. <laughs> I I literally thought there was a reporter here that was like interviewing you. I was so confused. I was like, but this fancy man in the field. He had never picked berries before. 
Okay. I mean, again, grown people who never picked berries before. And I think the thing that we have to realize is people are moving further and further from agriculture. Right. And so you have to bring them back. I mean, we probably could have run an ad that was like, hey, here's how to pick berries at the farm on Central. You know, one, grab your basket. Two, head back to the field. Three, pull the, the leaves back. Have Charlotte demonstrate. That would have been. Get really excited when you hear them pop. Yeah, but I think that too is like we took pictures of the kids in the berry patch and we used that picture of Charlotte as promotional. That killed for uh, just, reach and stuff. Rich, yeah. yeah, so I mean that's a really photo that we'll continue to use. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it just, yeah, if you go to our Facebook page, you can see that photo that really converted well for ads. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think back to the management, um, walking them back to the field, and then mm-hmm. we brought in a CSA member to manage that and now we're actually bringing her on permanently onto the team because um, she was great with customers she was great just you know talking about the farm and upselling the entire time so you know hey we offer you pick but as she walked them back so we also have the greenhouse with transplants we also have a CSA yep. you know all the other different things that we offer she was really good at talking about so yeah. Um, I know we've definitely, you know, increased the build, you know, the kind of the, the reach of the farm. Sure. I think that was all on management. Anything else that we did? Expectations. I think that's huge. Yeah, expectations are huge. You know, there was a lot of like, there's always a lot of phone calls. Like, do you have pre-picked berries? Do you yeah. have people wanting to just show up and pick without taking? Yes. You know, and so that was because obviously we're on a 12,000 car a day road. We had a strawberry sign out and by the road. a giant flag out yes. there. Yes, 13-foot tall flag. I that that was necessary. But... It was 100% <laughs> <Okay>. necessary. <laughs> we had on the sign, book you pick online. If people <laughs> yes. showed up and we had open slots. We let them pick. Yeah. Let, we didn't charge them a dollar. Yeah. Um, but if they just showed up and it was busy, we we're like, hey, please just go online and book. And I said, we're, yeah. we're, we're completely sold out. I'm sorry. We had people do that and then come back. An hour later. Like two hours. Yeah, those girls. Yeah. Back later. Yeah. They literally stood in the parking lot, booked their booked slot. The and came back later. <laughs> Which was fine. But I think setting expectations, I mean, this last week and one of the reasons we didn't get the podcast recorded earlier this week is we were dealing with opening up slots and not correctly realizing how many berries were out there and the quality of the berries. Yeah, yeah. And that just makes, I mean, from my perspective, and I think a lot of our team members, you just feel really foolish because you're like, oh, there's berries here, but they're not great. Or, you know, like you have to hunt for them, which people just don't. No, and some people think they should just literally, you know, be walking out there with angels singing in their ears. Berries just falling into their baskets. Yes. Swing by. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that doesn't happen. Um, but and so I mean, the, some of those people, I was to the point I was like, you know, team, you can just give them their five, give them five dollars back, and just ask them to leave. Because I mean, again, we want to we want to have a set a precedent and have the people on our farm who we want to minister to. And if people are grumpy and upset because they can't find berries, then they're not. That's not, this is not the farm for them. Right. Or you know, this is not the season of the field right now. Like, yeah. That was two weeks ago. Like, yeah. This is just the way strawberry fields work. In know? week three and week four. Right. Can't, I can't make you see an ad sooner than you see it. Or you know what I mean. Like, yeah. Or you didn't just hear about that. Um, yeah. And then I think the other thing was customer service too online. So we mm-hmm. did not have this proper support for people getting questions about tickets. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, bringing that team person to be able to manage that. Yeah, just like the voicemails, the text messages. Because that was a lot. It was. It always is. Or it was last year. It was this year. Yeah, the messenger you, requests. You had wanted to, like, make some kind of phone number people could call to be like, we have berries. We don't have berries. Yes. We just update it constantly, and that just never Never happened. happened. Never worked well. Yeah. yeah. That would be, you know, ideally there would be... A, we just have plenty of berries and we just constantly, every day we're picking. Yeah. And that actually comes back to one of the things we would change, one of the learning opportunities mm-hmm. is we got to about, let's say, week, end of week two and we hit a wall where the quality dropped off dramatically. Mm-hmm. And that there was, was some rain. There was some rain, which obviously caused problems. But also people don't go under the leaves right. and they don't pick berries, which mm-hmm. then go bad right. and then they infect the other berries right. and they cause, you know, we pulled right. five-gallon buckets out of the field of bad right. berries. right. So the strategy for next year is that we're going to pick every single day. We're going to be picking through so that the entire farm is picked through in a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and so our team, so basically our team will pick maybe Monday they'll pick rows one through six for mm-hmm. retail. Mm-hmm. Then Tuesday they'll pick you know seven through twelve, mm-hmm. and then work their way through the farm. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that way we have plenty of berries for the farm, mm-hmm. for the retail, mm-hmm. and for our freezers. Mm-hmm. Because that was the thing is last year we actually froze enough berries that we were able to sell a frozen product. Right. Which uh, there's no, yeah, we just don't even have enough for ourselves. Well, we'll be fine. I yeah. mean, we're going to be fine. But I was really hoping that we would have, you know, if you have this many berry plants, yes. I'm going to have tons of strawberries in the freezer. It's so fun to be able to offer strawberry sauce or jam or yeah. some added value product. Yeah, yeah. we know, even bought another freezer. Or, yeah. <laughs> we and it's empty down in the basement. It'll come in handy for tomatoes, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's the strawberry thing there so what else was there there was um yeah learning opportunities was walk the field daily release mm-hmm. less tickets more often so yeah and i think so. that was just attention that like myself our bookkeeper people our team members out on the farm we'd be like it's too many and you would be like but there's so many berries be yeah. you know and, and in so- the beginning of the season and, and one aspect we needed to sell more tickets because we weren't cleaning the field fast enough but that's where our team coming in and picking behind is really crucial because there yes no but we didn't new- have team no, i know but we were very short staffed that was the other problem and yeah. having such an early season it means like our high school college help they're not out of school oh that's either. yeah see that's so another massive that, problem that like help that comes in to do those kinds of things they didn't come until like the thir- second week of berries exactly and we didn't that's not when it was needed yeah we needed them from the start yeah um clear signage there wasn't good training on like picking quality and stuff like that yeah yeah so then we had you know clear signage that's super important to be even clearer signage oh that was the other thing we needed price of yes to prevent sticker shock yes because people would come up and be like so "Ah." we had the pricing on our our website We did not have the pricing in the ticket. So when they got the ticket confirmation, it should have said, here's the pricing. Here's exactly how it works. Here's a video to go watch. Right. And then there should have been a sign when they walked up to the bus and we gave them the spiel. Yeah. I mean, we say it. Yeah. But people are taking in so much information. Yeah. Thinking about if they're They're thinking about the field. They're not (laughs) thinking about that they're $4.50 a pound. I mean, we did have like one person who tried to leave their berries. Yeah. And (laughs) thankfully our employee said, no, 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 no. I mean, I want to ask what we should have said. That's fine. We'll take them. I was going to say, we could have free picked them. Yeah. But know your flow, know how the process works. And then we talked about the, um, and then field management too. So we made a mistake of adding a little too much nitrogen. So we're organic (laughs) system. 
and typically in conventional systems they're running super low organic matter and they're just hitting them every single week with nitrogen and so again we're you know trying to learn how to grow better strawberries I mean, we've been doing it for over a decade now but we've always struggled with in the spring getting them green enough fast enough so we put a little we put nitrogen on you know through the drip and we just have to cut that back because not only do we add that but we use the ultra which is a prebiotic and basically it makes your fertilizer more efficient and it wakes up the soil life and the problem is as like week two of the berries happens we've stopped fertilizing by then but now it's almost too much it's like it's too little too late is that you can't stop the or nitrogen in the soil and so the plants are just getting super big and bushy the berries end up going a little soft and then some disease moves in yeah so you know, we did not ever affect the flavor of the berries. No, because the flavor in the last they bit were was fantastic. Yeah, it almost got better throughout the season. It really did, which I remember last year the opposite happening. They yeah. got less flavorful, and we had gray mold last year, which we didn't really have a big problem. Well, with so we sprayed for that, mm-hmm. and we used um, Organics 800. We used Actinovate, and we used a Serenade, and of course, we also sprayed the. Um, uh, ultra on as well yeah so we get a, a kind of again they're all organic and we would be we saw a rain coming mm-hmm. we would have proactively send the team yeah. out and spray the entire field yeah and that, that seemed to work helpful. really well mm-hmm. i feel like our gray mold this year was half of what it was last oh. year and we still had pretty good rains mm-hmm. we did we had quite a so few. but anyway back to the nitrogen it did not affect the flavor it just affected that's why we dropped the price at the end yeah. because we had the little brown spots yeah didn't look great so we're yeah. gonna so I think we will still wake the plants up with nitrogen, but we will stop putting nitrogen on through, uh, when we start seeing Blossoms. no white berries. Mm. We, again, they go from that green to white yeah. because we waited till we started to see them turn from white to red. Uh, and so we need to stop the nitrogen about three weeks earlier than that. That makes sense. And probably cut the total amount by three quarters or something. Yeah. So I think we ended up like 40 pounds. So I think we'll probably hit them with 20 pounds and just make sure it's super early. Yeah. The other big thing too is um, spacing uh, sections. We struggled with putting row covers on and off <laughs> because we we're putting three layers on. Yeah, and, well, and the two hundred foot rows are just tough. They're very long. So you know, hundred foot rows of strawberries with the covers, I think, works better for our system mm-hmm. um, and blocks too. So five beds, hundred foot long, fits our size row covers, mm-hmm. and so then just making sure the entire field's cut up in blocks like that. Right. Yeah. And then the other thing we did was we put three layers on of Ag 30 instead of like a, a, a 519 or 518, like a Type R, um, which the big people use. But I like the three layers because it allowed us to put maybe only one on when it's sure. warm, not as cold, or we can use those those covers the rest of the season in other places. Yeah, we just need to find a better way of yeah. So them together. <laughs> what we did end up at the end of the, the end of the season, and we didn't only able to use it once or twice, but we got spring clamps yeah. and just put all three layers together with a spring clamp. And so you just have to find the spring clamp, not trying to find you know the edges in this mile, pile of <laughs> row covers. And then it's always so windy in the spring. Yeah. Like, 
It's like wedding veils. So the other thing is we will have a laminated sheet that shows the absolutely direction of how they were supposed to go back and on and off. We had crew who basically completely decided to rewrite the playbook and messed them up more than once, which was a small disaster. It made me very upset. Right, because 200 feet is a lot to unravel. Yeah. And the thing is we're doing these nights and weekends too. Right. So it's yeah. not like crew's there at 7 o'clock on a Sunday or 5 o'clock on a Sunday when you have to cover for a Monday and then right. you have to uncover a Sunday morning. It seemed to always be that so right. <laughs> um again putting the system in place that works super quick yeah. is super important for that you and simon can go cover them and uncover them next year <laughs> well you won't quite be old enough but i think the other thing too is we're trying to extend the season so that's the other big thing yes. is we've talked to a number of different experts on different ways to extend the season and we've got a few tricks up our sleeve that we should hopefully allow us to go to a six-week season next year yeah and i think the other big one other huge takeaway is that when they start showing up for you pick, you need to have every other crop available. Like if we had sugar snap peas, if we had piles of cucumbers, mm -hmm. if we had, you know, flats and flats of tomatoes, summer squash, all stuff we could very easily grow in tunnels and have ready in time. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember um, Eric Pillimer, who was our first uh, basically edu uh, teacher, <laughs> he was our mentor, yeah, first mentor in farming. He went up to Ledgewood, which is a greenhouse company in, Ver in Vermont, and they basically, I think, grew in 27 different tunnels. And basically where they're located, he told Eric, as he said, our season is, labor is Memorial Day to Labor Day. So, you know, Memorial Day, we have tomatoes, we have everything. Mm. through Labor Day and then we have nothing. Yeah. And so that's why their aspect of using so many tunnels is mm -hmm. they were just make, they were putting summer squash in tunnels so they could have it. Ready, like yeah. Memorial Day. Yeah. So um, we need to make sure that we have that, those those crops available. Mm -hmm. We're going to heat the greenhouses earlier um, so that people come out, oh, and strawberry baskets. That was a baskets. huge, huge. Well, the flowered baskets yeah. and strawberry baskets. Yeah. So really again, fun. people... People obviously come and buy strawberries and they want to buy strawberry plants. So we literally took bare root plants, put them in four inch pot, charged four bucks for them. Mm -hmm. um, and then strawberry planters and baskets, hanging baskets worked fabulous. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we're gonna do that much more increase next year, a mm -hmm. lot more of that. Um, just so we have lots of different options for people. Cause I think that could have, we had people buy flats of those. Mm -hmm. They were buying 18 pots at 3.99 a pot. Mm -hmm. Um, and our cost of that's literally less than a dollar. Yeah. So again, it was a huge, it was a really good markup for us and another added value. Oh, and the little strawberry uh, haulers. Oh, the cores, yeah. Yeah. Strawberry you sold, tomato. what about 50 or 60 of those? Whole box and then you ordered yeah. more. Those so. things really were, I thought they were kind of gimmicky at first, but they really did help <laughs> yeah. my efficiency in the kitchen putting strawberries up. So there you go, folks. I think that is the kind of a recap of our 2022 strawberry season. I'm and your very first you pick. You'd never done that. You've never we done hadn't, that. and I had no idea how was it going to go, <laughs> and we figured it out. So I think we had over 3,000 people come Wow. Um, through the, over the three weeks. And I think that is the one thing about being a shorter window. Like when you say you're going to expand it to six weeks, I'm like, oof, that's a lot more craziness. But maybe it's not as crazy because – it won't be as much at one time. 
that's the goal. The goal is to is not to have the massive, you know, on day seven where we're picking so many. I don't want to have to be open so many Sundays. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> the, yeah, that was a fluke where Saturday it rained at like the like like from noon on on Saturday. Oh yeah, that's right. That's what happened. So a bunch of people canceled and didn't come. Yeah, yeah and great. so I walked out. You know, Saturday at five o'clock, I was walking the field and I could just see literally hundreds of <laughs> hundreds of pounds. Out. So, but if you go back into our Facebook post, Facebook feed, and look at the post. If, I'm very intentional on how we word those posts to pull people in. Basically, we said, people, we need your help to come pick these berries because we're going to lose them otherwise. And people gladly came out and gladly paid for the privilege. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, with that's that. If you guys have specific questions, um, feel free to reach out about this as always. And um, we will be having you know a little bit more formal education around this subject happening at some point. Uh, probably won't be to the fall. Um, if you do want to do annual bed strawberries, you need to plant them. Start booking your tips or your plants now. There's a couple different nurseries for that. We're going to have all the training on that specific topic in the Small Farm University, an A to Z training on that, um, on how to grow those. We don't have a training yet on UPIC on exactly how we do all the you know the, the back back end or the um, even the front end on that. But that is something we hope to have here in the future. So again, reach out if you have any questions, and we will chat with you next time. This episode is sponsored by Rimmel Greenhouse Systems, makers of quality greenhouse structures. Whether you're just getting started or buying your 10th tunnel, Rimmel has a structure to fit your needs. I've purchased and grown in Rimmel houses and would recommend them to everyone. So there you have it, another episode in the books. So I'd love if you would hop on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and a review. Those mean everything to us. We love to hear what you're thinking. If you have a podcast guest that you can recommend, please pop on over to the Thriving Farmer podcast website and leave us a review. That's thrivingfarmerpodcast.com.